As Ron Howard observed in one of our previous episodes, Ang Lee is a filmmaker with quite extraordinary range. He followed the majestic Oscar-winning Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon with comic book joyride Hulk before bringing us Brokeback Mountain, Lust, Caution and The Life of Pi. Such a diverse array of subject matter has very different musical requirements with Tan Dunn, Michael Dana, Danny Elfman and Alexandre Desplat among the composers he's worked with. And these collaborations are exactly what we're here to discuss on Soundtracking, a weekly podcast about screen music with me, Edith Bowman. Ang's latest movie is Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Starring young British actor Joe Alwyn in the title role, it tells the story of a soldier returning from Iraq who's suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, from the point of view of score, the narrative posed a new set of challenges for the Taiwanese director, given that much of the action unfolds in a sports stadium. Ang, welcome to my podcast. It's called Soundtracking. And it's my opportunity to speak to filmmakers about their craft and how it brings in music. So, I mean, we have the most wonderful landscape of films and music that you've worked on throughout your career. But we'll we'll start with now, if that's okay. okay. And uh, and Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. Quite specifically, it's only able to use music in certain ways, really. In terms of the story, because they're in a big stadium. Because they're in a big stadium, they've got Destiny's Child yeah. performing, but also, you know, it feels Nonstop like you. Stop PA system. <laughs> yeah, the fireworks, the cheers, all that kind of stuff. It, it feels like and the crappy music, <laughs> aggressions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> into the framework of it as well rather than you know throwing score in to places that isn't required right that was obviously a conscious thing for you it's conscious and also it kind of leave me with no choice <laughs> and also when I try out I was trying out a new movie format and that's a very realistic look there's a long time I thought I won't have any uh, score music for a long time until yeah. second draft I didn't even talk to a composer then I see it might not work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and certainly at few spots, particularly the ending, because we had five different endings. It, it feels episodic. It has an end, and then another, another end, one. and another yeah. end, and another end, and inherited from the book, the material. So I thought I need some unity, some thematic glue, so to speak, yeah. to glue together. But once you do that for the ending, you need to set, set it up even sparsely. When you decided that you did need some score within the film, you've worked with Michael a number of times. Why was he the right man for the job? And how do you form that decision on who you work with for each film? Michael is a very soulful composer. I start working with him from the Ice Storm. 
Storm, I had a similar editorial problem. I didn't know how to end it. <laughs> the last 10, 15 minutes, and the tonality of that movie is everywhere. We did 18 different cuts, wow, previewed, and it all has problem. It has a similar problem with this: is tragic, earnest drama, and satire. Very funny. Sometimes it goes brilliant together. Sometimes they work against each other. Yeah. Because audience, when they go to cinema, they need some kind of unity, some kind of track. To, you know, it's not like life. Slip on a banana peel, and that's life. <laughs> yeah. But you don't do that in <laughs> in movies because、yeah. you have unity. There's a certain track people's、mm. mind work. So when you have that mixed track, when you cannot make that work, what do you have? How do you glue it together? You have to sort of give people certain guidance. And Michael, he's a dramatist. He's a well-trained composer in the most classical sense. But I also use him when I have ethnic. Music. Yeah, he's particularly good、uh, with, especially Southeast Asian instrument. That's his like specialty. Classical music is like against everybody else. No other <laughs> is doing that. Just Western, they play to pitches. Yeah. <laughs> everybody play from their soul, from whatever, <laughs> from nature. But Western classical music, which is dominating, particularly in film score. Yeah. And Michael is a master to blend and to make them work together.
You mentioned the ice storm, and, and with that, as well as Michael's score, you have an incredible collection of contemporary music. Oh, you've got Elton John and Bowie's in there, Harry Nielsen, and so many great things within that. How do you come to those decisions about contemporary music? Is it a reflection on your tastes, or is it a collaborative effort? Uh, collaborative. My taste limited in Taiwan experience, and there are a few cool things people have to tell me what's cool. About <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm pretty specific, dramatically what I need. Yeah. It's like custom. I have no interest in. Fashion, but what a character need in that scene, then I'll consult with people who knows fashion. So something like that. We had a very good uh, Alex Stemmarker, uh, music supervisor, and our editor Tim is always the first one to put in something. Sometimes I have specific soundtrack in my head. I will、yeah. say that. Otherwise, they put in. You have to see how it works. Yeah. With the with the image, and then finally, what you can afford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Elton John and David Bowie are not going to be cheap, you know. So they went in with expensive and then choices. Hard choices. If, yeah. Which one is priority? Yeah.、Uh, which one you can just roughly write? And yeah. It can be cheaper. So、uh, I have to make those decisions. I can't read and I can't write down. Taiwan. Were you into music growing up? Were you? Did you have music around you? Pop、mm-hmm. music and classical. I wasn't very much aware of things like jazz. When you say pop music, do you mean Western pop music? Top ten. Okay.、Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of piracies. You can buy them cheaply. Yeah. So the top ten, they collect them albums, and everybody is in the air, and you can buy them. Yeah. Occasionally, once in college, you. You get to know things like Bob Dylan, or not so much. You know, a lot of people get into that, but I wasn't that cool with kids. But I would know Santana, or occasionally somebody would introduce me, like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. That was one of my favorite, or obscure one like、uh, Jose Feliciano. I don't know why I hooked on him. I buy everything I can buy in Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> You know that it would be untrue. You know that I would be a liar if I was to say to you, "Hey, girl, we couldn't get much higher." Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. Try to set the night on fire. Baby. 
once I get to America, it wasn't so hot on me anymore. There's、no. other thing, other choices. <laughs> yeah. But there's always、uh, classical music. I spend most of the time on classical. Well, I mean, you've got everything from Bach to Vivaldi throughout your films as well, and so you're obviously a, a fan. Before pop music is the classical music. If it's not a requirement, I will be like Kubrick, putting the original piece and make movie accordingly. <laughs> I like. <laughs> I can、that. do that. I would like to do that. Yeah. I did that is with student film, but once I did professionally, actually, I, I quite enjoy working with the composer. That's one of my favorite parts, especially the music recording session. Well, you think of something like Crouching Tiger, my film that I go back to and watch again and again and again. It's just wonderful, you know, and Oscars and Grammys for the film and for Tandon, who did the score the for score, it.、Yeah. When did that relation form in terms of the conversations that you had about that particular film? Well, Tandon knows folk music, grew up with folk music, and then from Beijing Academy of Music, he got into violin. Western composing,、mm. and then he went to Columbia to get his doctoral degree in classical music. So I, I knew him since he was in New York. He's an old friend of mine, even though we never worked together until that movie. But we know each other for a long time. I want something more operatic, which has the foundation of orchestra, and then some classical Chinese softer approach. More twining <laughs> Chinese classical music. I want to put the two together. Tantun at that time going into no melody kind of music. He was famous for that, and I forbid him to do that. Whatever you do, <laughs> don't do that. Do what I tell you. I have a specific need. It's an opera. It's a pop movie. It's no, I A graded, but it's after all B genre. It needs certain pop feeling. But I, I have scale in my mind, so it should be orchestrated, and it needs classical, not your communist kind of way of thinking, not nationalism, like no Russian influence, <laughs> <laughs> no communist, no red river. Don't give me that stuff, that revolutionary stuff. I want it before the revolution, classic Chinese, where I came from, and your Western training. So I don't want the non-melody music、yeah. kind of thing. I want it melodic because I need narrative arc. I need that for the music to carry the story because the story is pretty wild and crazy. I need that flow. I need to feel operatic, but I don't want anything revolutionary. <laughs> I don't want the Russians. <laughs> Keep the Russians out. <laughs> Keep the Russians out of it. <laughs> 
This idea of bringing Yo-Yo Ma and、uh, one of the top Erhu players, and the conversation between the two instruments is, is quite incredible. Just a local Chinese artist wouldn't do that. He has a war view. So, you know, Tan Dun has a war view.、Mm. He brought in the influence of Yo Yo Ma to carry that romantic fatherly kind of voice to the movie, and then you have the feminine Erhu whining. Imitating her, who cello has a backboard, so he has to play like there's no backbone. It takes Yo-Yo Ma to play that, so it's one of those things. It's just there. It happened in a wonderful way.
And you mentioned you wanted it to be an opera. There's actually Brokeback Mountain, the opera, I believe. Another fantastic and wonderful completed piece of work and the score specifically for that. That's a great score. It's phenomenal. Gustavo was not a trained composer. He's a producer, he's a player. When I talked to him before pre-production, I showed him, and he proved the original writer, gave me an album. It's called, it's called Over the Missouri Sky. That was a Western guitar. So I listened to it and I picked two songs that I particularly feel is poignant. So I showed it something like this. And then a week later, he gave me seven music, seven pieces of music, very quickly. In a week? He just played <laughs> on his guitar. Yeah. And that sounds very close. Hearing that when I do the scout and I share the sound of the seven pieces uh, with uh, the main actors, this is the kind of mood we're in. I told him I want a lot of spaces. I think Western is about space, mm. not uh, just physical space, but mental space, pauses, space, the negative space. So he put some pauses in there. It was wonderful, and I used that as uh, type of music when I edited. By the time we do score, I found he didn't know how to do score. <laughs> it's a play. So those music end up in the movie. I put a little orchestration, yeah. and that was it. Richard at different points. So before the movie was made, he's, you know, 
it's one of the rare situations where the music sort of leads the creation of the movie. It was very inspiring. Feels that you have to have a sensitivity to the subject, the location, the culture. You know, whether it be cowboys, whether it be martial arts, whether it be you know a period English piece. All these little sensitivities need to be woven into the soundscape of your score. But you don't want to overemphasize it, almost in a way. It's about being subtle, isn't it? Well, I think in, in marriage, I ought to be a lawyer. But when it comes to filmmaking, <laughs> I like to explore. <laughs> One for each one of them, you get to explore in a different territory. Not only movie, but uh, the music. But when you look at Hulk, I'm working with Danny Elfman. That has a lot of Russian uh, in it. Sound. I don't yeah. know what it is, <laughs> and he didn't know what it is. The best guy, including him, we were all guests. Probably traced back to Russian stuff. It's probably Rimsky Korsakov, somewhere there. That magical tale yeah. kind of thing that worked for American movie very well. It becomes American sound, and I want to get there for the Hulk. So that's Hulk for me, and uh, it, the movie was very Americana. I want to just find that sound. So when Danny comes in, I, I try to figure out what that sound is. So we trace back to some Russian stuff. We, that's our guess. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Desplat as well, and Lost Caution. Oh, that's one of my favorite score. Why? That's a pretty cruel movie, and I need a lullaby. I want some old Chinese movie innocent influences. That when movies just happen in Shanghai, the kind of score they have, which is imitation of uh, Hollywood movies, and then there's a lot of、uh, scores in the 40s. 
which is that period kind of a sound like cat people. Well, it's a weird movie, but the score is rather poignant. It has a certain beauty and innocence in it. So we took a lot from there. I said the theme has to be lullaby, like yeah. to, to offer comfort. I, I showed him quite a bit of Chinese film and an old film somewhere there. So that's Alexander. The recording was done in Paris because he's French, and he need an old piano to be inspired. He's a flautist. And then he played flute, both Western flute, bass flute, and Chinese flute. He played all of that himself. Oh, wow. He's a flautist in the orchestra before composer, so he has a lot of flower in his. But when he composes, he need an old piano for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> One of our editors' grandmother has one, so we put him in her grandma's house and <laughs> lived there for a month. That's brilliant. And has a according the second oldest piano in the states. You know, it's ivory and stuff, all the tune and tuning up. Why he has to have old piano? Oh, that's a great story. He'll play that to me, and <laughs> <laughs> it really sounds like better old Chinese movie in the forties. Which is what you wanted.、Uh, yeah, the Chinese is no problem taking that as an old movie, but the Frenchman did it. He got a Golden Horse, which is Chinese Oscar. He was very proud. He said, "I'm the only, I'm the first Frenchman <laughs> to win a Golden Horse." <laughs> I've got to mention Pi as well, Michael again. On, Michael, on, yeah. On this one, what, what would you ask of him for that? Because similarly, that has to have sensitivities to the culture and to the, the location.、Uh, that was right in Michael's territory. Indian, his wife's Indian, and when he was young, he resided there, studied music and work for a long time. He composed a lot of、uh, movies related to India, so that's right up his alley. Thank、you
and I found is you know, deal with emotion really well. Well, Michael, you have to stretch him. His melody is not melodic kind of a composer. He's have different elements weaving. He's pretty good at struggling, expressed, emo, repressed emotions, complexities. Um, what we did, what I asked him to do is, is out of his comfort zone with Pi, because Pi need to sell big because it's a it's a very expensive movie and it has a fairy tale sort of children's film sort of demeanor and until the end <laughs> we pull a rock on their audience feet and say and this and snap them because of the philosophical complexity for fairy tale i think the movie needs melody and simplicity which is very difficult for mm. Michael because Michael worked for complexity. That's his specialty. <laughs> Things you couldn't really figure out what it is, but it's kind of annoying on you. So I want something simple, to easy to follow, but at the meantime, can contain mm. the possibility of complexity. Sounds simple, but there's something else there. Be prepared for it when we get there. So you always have to signal that it's subconsciously training your audience. Yeah. And, and because it's so cruel at the end, it's quite similar to Last Culture. You need comfort. So lullaby sometimes helps. So Michael, so glad he got recognition and got an Oscar because he's good at obscure kind of a <laughs> you see, make obscure movies. You push him and see what happens. You see, take him outside really his comfort zone. Him. Yeah, um, I've absolutely loved chatting to you. Thank you so much, Anne. Pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you.
Michael Dana's Oscar-winning score to Ang Lee's The Life of Pi. That's Pi's Lullaby with Bombay Giashri providing the vocals in Tamil. My huge thanks to Anne for taking the time to talk to us. Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk is on general release now. There's a track list for the show at edithbowman.com where you can also listen to every single episode of Soundtracking from Danny Boyle to Andrea Arnold and Nicholas Winding Refn. There's something to cater for everyone's cinematic tastes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We're at Soundtracking UK. And please do subscribe and rate us on iTunes if you get a second. Next up is the fabulous and fascinating Gore Verbinski. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Thank you.